hosted on dimlywit.com. I'm Alex. And I'm Tina. And this is Obsessed with the Best. We're two New York City gals who are bringing you the best of the best of all things beauty, wellness, and inspirational women. We've tried it all and can't wait to tell you what's worth obsessing over. Join us each week as we share our favorite products and trends and chat with leading female founders and experts. Welcome to Obsessed Obsessed with with the Best best with with Alex and and Tina. Today, I get to sit down and chat with the amazing Dr. Bridget. Tina is out today, but she can't wait to be back again next week. Dr. Bridget Glazarov is an award-winning New York City general and cosmetic dentist. She earned her Doctor of Dental Surgery degree from NYU's School of Dentistry and served as chief resident at New York Presbyterian Hospital. She's a member of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and has also completed the Full Mouth Rehabilitation Program at NYU. She prides herself on having completed over 1,000 hours of continuing education to be able to deliver the most comprehensive and cutting-edge treatments. Dr. Bridget is also the co-founder of Maison B Dental Studio, a luxury dental practice in the Flatiron District of New York City, which is opening this summer. She's also a proud breast cancer survivor and a women's health advocate. Please welcome Dr. Bridget. Dr. Bridget, I've been so excited to talk to you. You're one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram because your account is so, it's empowering, it's hustle, but not too much hustle. It's like also make time to rest. It's glam, it's fun, it's good info. It's just everything and more. So I've been so excited. I have so many questions for you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Honestly, like I love meeting new people and speaking on podcasts and I don't know what it is. For some reason, my husband always says, he's like, wow, when you get in front of the camera, the things you say, I don't even know. I don't know where they come from. So it's like fun for me. I love it. I'm excited to speak to you. And thank you so much for all the love on my Instagram account, which is like bizarre a little bit because it's fashion and teeth and my breast cancer journey and my life with my husband travel. And everyone's like, wow, there's a lot going on and just kind of throwing it all together. It's such a cool combo of things going on though. And that's what I love about it. And yes, you are really talkative. And one of the things that you do is you're a guest lecturer. I was watching one of them on YouTube today. You are so Wait, it's on, there's something on YouTube? There's one on YouTube of you talking to other dental students with a slideshow and you're giving a lecture. I'll send it to you after this. It's great. I, I had it. no idea that I had a lecture on YouTube. I, well, I'll send it to you. I thoroughly, okay. thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, my first question is, why did you want to be a dentist? For so many people, it's the thing they have the most anxiety about. I literally used to have to take a Xanax before I went to the dentist because I had a bad experience. Like so many people have anxiety and you were like, no, this is my passion. So what about it? So honestly, I feel like, yes, so many people are afraid of the dentist. For me, I kind of fell into it accidentally. It was a summer job that I had and at the time I had no interest in being a dentist. I actually wanted to be a pharmacist because my dad's a pharmacist. And I was like, you know what, this is awesome. I'll be in the family business. And I never really thought twice about it. And then I took a summer job when I was 16 to work in a dental office, kind of just like, I don't know, buzzing around, interning. And I realized that I really love dentistry. And in that practice, the main doctor was doing a lot of cosmetic cases and transforming people's lives by doing veneers. And I was like, wow, I really love this. And I worked there. I went from like being this little intern to working the front desk to assisting. And I realized that you can really transform people's lives with dentistry. I also really love art and I'm very 
hands-on. Um, so I was like, this is great because now I can make beautiful smiles for people and use my hand skills as well as be a doctor and meet people. So I always say like my dental chair is like a therapy chair. I almost don't even get to do the dentistry because I'll see my patients and everyone's so excited and we're talking and then I don't, I'm like, by the time we're done chatting, I'm like, wow, we need to, we need to do your teeth at this point. So I, it's like this perfect combination for me of accomplishing my goal of being a doctor, meeting people, new people all day, every day, and being able to transform their life with dentistry. And then, like you said, so many are nervous about the dentist. And I love to be able to hear people say, but you said like, oh, I hated going to the dentist and now it's a pleasure. It's so much fun. Like that alone, even if I didn't do a smile transformation for them, if they're coming in for their oral health care to get a cleaning, to learn about what's going on in their mouth, if I can make them excited about coming in for that, I'm like, I'm done. This is great. Yeah. It's so worth it for you. And you mentioned you are so creative and for cosmetic dentistry, I would imagine you have to have a certain aesthetic and a certain eye, but for people who don't know, can you explain the difference between what's the difference between a general dentist and a cosmetic dentist? In dentistry, you know, you hear people say that they become an orthodontist, they become an oral surgeon and after dental school and after residency that you do to be a general dentist, you can go on and do different residencies to become an oral surgeon, to become an orthodontist. The interesting thing about cosmetic dentistry is that there is no extra specialty. You don't go to more residency. It's really something that you take up on yourself to do continuing education so that you can be a cosmetic dentist. So some people say they're cosmetic dentists because they only do veneers, right? For me, I'm a cosmetic dentist, but everything I do means it's cosmetic. So even if I'm doing the last tooth in your mouth, that will... I don't know who's actually looking for it aside from me. So no one's going to see it, but I'm going to do a filling for that tooth. And it's going to be done with a different eye and with a different kind of set of skills. Because for me, I approach everything with this cosmetic background where it's like, things can be done differently. You know, you can have a crown in the back that's blue, right? Who's actually really looking at it. But for me, every little detail is important and I don't approach it like, oh, if we're only working on your front teeth, it's cosmetic. Like if we're working on the last tooth, it's cosmetic, you know? Right. It's just a different type of training and how you approach the situation. So for me, I am very much into the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. So I'm pursuing, an, uh, pursuing accreditation with them right now. So with that, you need to do a series of particular cases and document the entire journey for the patient and then basically put it, submit it. But it's so much more than just being pretty. It's about it being pretty and functioning well, because you can go somewhere and you can get your teeth done and they can look gorgeous, but you can also be uncomfortable. You can have pain. You may not be able to eat. So it's really a co combination of being able to deliver something that's both aesthetic and functional together. And that's to me what it means to be a cosmetic dentist. So what are most people coming to you for? So most people are coming to me. I have a lot of brides. Everyone wants to have a brighter smile. Um, they're coming in because I'm very passionate about doing conservative cosmetic cases. So there's different ways that you can enhance someone's smile. You could do it with porcelain, which is like what you hear as porcelain veneers, but you can also enhance someone's smile with composite veneers. And composite is basically a different material that you do chair side. When you do porcelain veneers, you're also working with a lab and there's a lab technician who's a ceramist that's doing the porcelain. When you do composite veneers, it's me chair side doing everything. And 
that's what I love to do because it's really sculpting. It's sculpting the teeth and the beauty is I'm not using anyone else. And it's really just my aesthetic eye. And I have the patient in the chair and I'm sculpting the teeth to what I think looks the best for their face. And the most amazing thing about it is that it's really conservative. We don't really need to drill the teeth in any capacity. So I actually had a bride today. Um, she's getting married next week. And she didn't think until last moment that she wanted to get her teeth done. She's also really young. And for me, when I approach these cases and these patients, a lot of my patients are young. And once you become a patient, you're a patient for life. So if I could do something conservative for you when you're 22, and then in 10 to 15 years, we will upgrade it to porcelain. And then another 15 years later, we'll do it like that. The way that I look at it is like, we're doing this forever. Once you get a rehabilitation on your smile, you are married to dentistry. And sometimes people don't get that. Like they don't know that it really is a commitment. So the more conservative you could be from the start, the better it is. And because I see a lot of young patients, like I really love to gear towards that. Yeah. Oh, people have no idea. I mean, I, there's so much, I don't know, unless it's your business, unless it's your thing, people have no clue. So yeah, people don't even know that composite veneers really exist because a lot of dentists don't do it. And it's funny, like a lot of cosmetic, other cosmetic dentists in New York that only focus on porcelain, they'll send me their younger patients that want composite because it's not something that ever, it's not for the faint of heart that everybody takes this on. Right. And there's something to you being so young yourself and kind of having a really fresh approach. I feel like that really serves you. I think I vibe with a lot of younger patients, especially the ones who are nervous that maybe did have a bad experience. Um, so yeah, like I'm able to connect to them on a more personal level where it doesn't feel so intimidating to go to the dentist where it's usually like an older man and then they're scolding you for not flossing. You know, I try to approach it from a different angle where it doesn't matter what was going on before. Kudos that you're here now and we got it. Like, we'll take it from here. Yeah, we'll take it from here. So are there some common pitfalls people are landing into with oral health? Are there some things that people, common mistakes people are making? Could you name a few of those? Like the, for instance, someone thinks they're doing everything right, but you are like, mm, actually. I would say like the number one thing is that people, especially younger people, they don't appreciate how important it is to floss. So I would say that's like the biggest downfall. Sometimes I'll have this conversation with patients and I'm like, yes, it's amazing that you're brushing, but like really flossing is where it's at. That's what's really going to keep your gums healthy and get all that stuff out. And people are like, wow, I didn't know that this little string is capable of so much. But if you think about it, it's actually crazy because this tiny little string gets into all these places that the toothbrush doesn't get into. And it makes the world of a difference. Like if you weren't a regular flosser before, and then you change your whole, whole entire oral hygiene routine and you floss regularly, like you will feel the difference in your mouth. It's going to feel cleaner. Your gums are going to be amazing. You're not going to be bleeding. And then patients will come back and they're like, wow, I can't believe it. So many people don't floss every day and it blows my mind. Okay. What floss in your opinion, should we be using? That's a really good question. And I guess my response is not so simple. I personally love really thin and silky floss. So I really love the moon floss. It's really satiny and my teeth are very tight. 
So I feel like I need that to get in there and I love it. It's like really silky smooth. Sometimes people will have some spacing in between their teeth and they need a thicker floss. So the thicker floss that I love is cocoa floss. I use cocoa floss. I love it. It's great. Um, the flavors are great. It really gets everything out for me. I love it too, but my teeth are so tight. I wore Invisalign, by the way, it's a funny story when I was 11 years old. What? Yeah. I'll tell you the story. So I was meant to be a dentist, obviously, <laughs> but, um, for me, like I love the moon floss cause it just glides right through, but those are my two favorites, okay. but I'll tell you my Invisalign hilarious story. Please go ahead. Tell me. So I am turning 31 next month. Okay. So tw 20 years ago was when I had my Invisalign when I was 11. Okay. My mom took me to the orthodontist cause I needed to get braces like every other normal 11 year old. Right. And that's when Invisalign kind of just like became a thing. So I saw the sign on the door that said invisible braces. And at 11 years old, I was already highly concerned with what everything looked like. Of course. So I saw the sign. I told you at the dentist, I'm like, I want that. And he tells my mom, he's like, no, like this isn't for kids. You have to be really responsible. You need to brush your teeth. And she's not going to do it. And I was like, I am going to do it. I promise. And I'm going to do this. He gets told my mom, he's like, yeah, great. We'll give her the Invisalign. She's not going to wear it. Then she's going to get braces. We're going to charge you again. So my mom's like, you better wear this Invisalign. So I remember at 11 years old, I was in school. I had my little pouch with my toothbrush and my toothpaste. And at lunch, after school, after lunch, I would go brush my teeth and all the kids were making fun of me. They were like, why is this girl brushing her teeth at school? That is a commitment for 11 years old to bring your little toothbrush and toothpaste pouch yeah. and brush your teeth after lunch. That is a commitment. I mean, really, that's how you Clearly know. I was meant to be a dentist. You, for two years, I did that from 11 to 13. You were clearly, you're clearly living your purpose right now. Yeah, for sure. I was committed. Like, I don't know anyone else that had Invisalign at 11. When I tell people that, they're like, what? No, I just did it. And it was hard for me to commit to it during a pandemic while working from home as an adult. So let alone an 11 year old at school. So yeah, yeah, that's how you know. Okay. And your opinion, what's the type of toothbrush that we should all be using? I have genetic gum recession and this is like a thing. I, I always need a soft toothbrush. I'm always told, but what are some of your favorites? What should we be doing? There's so many options. So especially if you have gum recession, you have to be using not a soft toothbrush, but an extra soft toothbrush. Believe it or not, toothbrush bristles can be really aggressive. And if you're already prone to recession and your gum tissue is thin, just the act of brushing and hard bristles can cause more recession. So I always say an extra soft toothbrush is your best friend. People think it, that you need harder bristles to clean more, which is actually false because the softer they are, the finer they are, and they can get in underneath the gum line. My absolute, absolute favorite toothbrush ever is the Nimbus. Nobody even knows it. No, I never heard of it. I'm going to send it to you. You're going to absolutely love it. I love the Nimbus. It has extra, extra fine bristles. When you first start using it, you're like, what is it? It's like a feather. It's so soft, but it cleans better than any brush. And I like to brush with two brushes and I have all my patients brush with two brushes too. I know you're looking at me wide-eyed. I'm fascinated. So I just cannot wait to hear the two brush technique. I can't. Here's wait. the technique. So everyone likes to get that really deep, clean feeling with an electric brush. I like it too, but people like to get a little crazy in there and really go nuts with electric brush. And don't forget it's already spinning. So if it's spinning and you're also going ham with the brush, especially if you have recession, you can induce more of it. So I always say use the electric brush and I love the burst. My favorite electric brush is the burst. I don't know if you've ever heard of that brush. I have heard of that one. Yes. 
So the reason I really like the burst is because the bristles and the way that they're set up is very similar to the Nimbus. So if you hold them together, this is like the closest electric brush bristles that I have found to the Nimbus. So here's my routine. Brush all the surfaces of your teeth right before the gum line with the burst. And then pick up the Nimbus and just do small, gentle circles by the gum line. I mean, that sounds perfect and genius and like it would absolutely work. This way you get that really clean feeling on like the surfaces and use the electric brush on the surfaces. But I'm always wary of what's going on at the gum line because believe it or not, so many people have gum recession and you want, you can't grow your gums back. That's the sad part. No, so you it's need to preserve not. Them. Both of my parents had gum recession. My yeah. mom had to get the gum grafting surgery. My sister exactly. just had to get the gum grafting surgery. I've been told it's in my future. And it's such a catch-22 because you have yep. to be so gentle, but you also, you can't not brush because both not brushing will give you more recession and also yep. brushing too hard will give you more re- recession. So exactly. it's a trickster. For sure. That's why like the things that you brush with are so important. You know, sometimes... I'll meet a patient and I ask them like, how's your routine? That's always part of our conversation from the day one. Like, what is your current routine? What do you brush with? What kind of brush? What kind of toothpaste? And sometimes they don't know. And it's kind of like, you need to know because it's not as simple as just picking up whatever's at the store because everyone has different needs. You know, some people might need a toothpaste that has extra fluoride in it if they're really prone to cavities. Somebody might need something else. So it actually is really important what you're brushing with and getting that education at your dental visit it's like, it's mind blowing for some people because they don't really know about it. Right. It is. It's more than just, you're exactly right. Picking up whatever the heck is at the drugstore. What is your mouthwash rec? So mouthwash is another tricky one. So Listerine and all the things that we are really inclined to kind of pick at the store, a lot of them have alcohol in them. And that is very drying to the tissues in the mouth. So you need to be careful about alcohol. You need to be careful about acidity. A lot of the things that go on in the mouth that are not great for the teeth happen from acid. So like acid erosion and cavity forming. So you want to keep the pH of your mouth balanced. So whenever you're looking for a rinse, you want to make sure it doesn't have alcohol and it has as high of a pH as possible. So again, I'm going to tell you a brand that you probably never heard of, but my favorite rinse is from a brand called Carry Free. Okay. And yeah. Never it's heard been of it. studied. Yeah. It's been studied with a lot of other brands for rinse. And this particular rinse is the most basic in its pH. So it has the highest pH level. So if your mouth already is super acidic, like let's say you have acid reflux or you're on a really high acidic diet, we need to neutralize that somehow. And that's why, I mean, everyone's different and the products are that important. So I love the carry free rinse because it's super basic in its pH and I see how how different it can make the tissue in the mouth for people. This is so helpful. I love how you are so specific and so I'm really nerdy. Passionate. Very nerdy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're so specific and you're really highlighting how all of these things are really, really unique to each individual. And I don't think everyone knows that. So this is very valuable. It's info. not a one like dentistry is not a one size fits all thing. Like I meet all different types of patients. Sometimes patients are pregnant. You know, there's this controversy of fluoride. Some people love fluoride. Some people don't. So if you don't love fluoride and you want to have something else, that's fine. But then we need to be educated on what we're using, because if you're not using fluoride, then you need to have a toothpaste that has other proteins and minerals in it. So you can get some type of protection. A lot of people don't know that they'll just buy, you know, 
a really, really organic toothpaste and that's great, but it may not have any kind of mineral that will help strengthen enamel. So again, based on the needs of the patient and what they want, there are lots of products on the market and it's not a one size fits all thing. No, not at all. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know Tina and I, you know that we love therapy. We honestly don't even know how we would have gotten through the last two years without our weekly therapy sessions. BetterHelp offers easy, affordable, and convenient access to therapy. First of all, you don't even have to do any of the research, which can be the hardest part because they do that work for you. They will literally match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. Second, you don't even have to leave your home because BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat sessions. Honestly, it's always a good time to invest in yourself and in your mental health, so give it a try. And see for yourself why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. We have a special offer just for our Obsessed listeners. For 10% off your first month of professional virtual therapy, go to betterhelp.com slash obsessed. That's betterhelp.com slash obsessed. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. We are sponsored by Ombre Lab. Are you struggling with bloating, moodiness, constipation, or weight gain, and you just can't figure out why? Well, the answer could literally be in your gut. Your gut contains trillions of bacteria, both good and bad. And when your body doesn't have enough of the good bacteria, the bad bacteria flourishes. When this happens, it can cause all kinds of symptoms. Ombre Labs makes it really easy to check on your gut health by offering an at-home test that can measure your bacteria levels. The test will ship right to your door with easy to follow instructions, and then when you get your results, they'll give you a detailed breakdown of your gut bacteria, let you know what foods to eat more or less of, plus you can get personalized probiotics to heal your gut with a subscription. I've done the test myself, and personally, it was the easiest thing ever. No doctor's appointments, no scheduling when you can get to the office. They send everything right to you, and then you just pop it back into the mail, and you get your results. So if you want to start feeling better, visit tryombre.com obsessed to get $30 off of your test. That's T-R-Y-O-M-B-R-E dot com slash obsessed for $30 off. Thank you to Ombre Labs for sponsoring this podcast. Switching gears, something that I really, really love about you is you're such a women's health advocate. And something that really makes you who you are, like who I'm talking to today, is you are a breast cancer survivor. And you were diagnosed at such a young age, 26, I read. Yeah. So I cannot even imagine. I have so many questions. And my first question is, how did that even come about? How did you even find out? What was that first doctor's appointment? Yeah, it's so crazy. Whenever I tell the story, I always feel like it's an alternate world that I lived in. Because, I mean, not that much time has gone by. It's been about four years but it feels like a completely different lifetime. And I feel like I've lived so many lives since, um, which is really crazy. But basically what happened was I was in my residency. I had just graduated from dental school. I was in residency and residency is very grueling and the hours are crazy. You have absolutely no time for yourself. And I remember that I was sitting in the hospital and I realized like I had felt a lump. And because I was so busy in the hospital, I had no time to go get it looked at. And I was also 26 at the time. So I was like, whatever, it's not a big deal. It's fine. I'm healthy. Let's keep it moving. We got to get through this residency. And 
one day I was sitting in front of the computer my patient had canceled and I opened up, I'm like a really old school type of girl. I like to have my plan. Like I need a physical planner. Me too. Same. I, I need, need to, to write it down, write something same. down in my planner with a pen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I took out my little planner and like on my running list of things to do, which was really long. It was like, call the doctor lump question mark. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So I called, it took another month to get in because of timing and all the things went to the OBGYN. Um, he looked at me and he said he felt something, but he was like, nah, I'm sure it's not a big deal. You're fine. You're 26, but just in case let's get a sonogram. So I left feeling kind of okay about it. And then I went to go get the sonogram. And on the day of the sonogram, I was wearing my scrubs because I was ready to just like go in, get in, get on, get out and go to the hospital. And the lady, the moment that she started doing the sonogram, like the technician, I saw all the color from her face completely go. And she was like, I'm going to go get the doctor. And I was like, all right, something is very wrong here. Cause usually they don't do that. Right. They get, they do your scan and then they send you home. So the doctor came in and he, he picked it up for one second and he looked at me and he was like, oh, you're in scrubs. You're a doctor. I said, yeah, I'm in my residency. I'm becoming a dentist. And he was like, all right, so call them, let them know you're not going to be coming in today. You cannot leave here today until we do a biopsy and you're staying like, okay, this guy's crazy. It's crazy. He thinks that there's something going on with me. And I stayed and bizarrely enough, I called my mom because I was by myself and I was like, oh, I want someone to come. And my mom happened to be at her annual mammogram, which is so bizarre. That's wild. And so she's like, do you want me to come? And I was already getting so nervous. I was like, no, actually you should stay there. You should probably stay and get everything checked out. Like you stay. So we did the, um, we did the biopsy and on my way out, the radiologist, he was like, Hey, I just want you to know, no matter what happens, it's 2018. And there's a lot of options. And I was like, okay. So I left. He goes, I'm going to call you in two days. I said, okay. So two days pass. And I was on my way to my residency. I'm on the train. I get out of the train and I have all these missed calls. Finally call back as I'm walking. And then the doctor called me and he was like, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but I knew it from the start that you have breast cancer and it's actually really advanced and we need to get you treated starting basically tomorrow. So I'll literally never forget hearing it because I was walking down 7th Avenue in Brooklyn. I couldn't even see. I ended up sitting on the sidewalk, just like in a comatose state because I was, I couldn't even call my, call my husband or my mom or anyone. I was just like in a state of complete shock. So I sat on the sidewalk for quite some time. And then I texted a friend of mine in the hospital to come out and she took me home. And that same day, everything happened so fast. Like I came home and that same day I went straight to NYU. And I'm so grateful to the doctors at NYU for, they actually stayed late to see me because everything happened that quickly. They stayed late to see me like at 6 p.m. And we walked in and we sit down and the doctor's uh, physician assistant came in and she's like talking to me, asking these questions. And she's like, so how long did you know that you have breast cancer? Mind you, I just found out in the morning. And I was like, what? She goes, oh, honey, am I telling you like for the first time or did you already know? And I was like, I think I knew they told me this morning, but I still haven't fully processed it. So for me to hear it from another human being in person out on the phone was just like, it was like, you know, you're watching a movie. You're not actually there. 
Yeah. So out of, total out of body. Complete. And it was so quick. And that went from there to meeting the oncologist, tears, craziness. And the very next day I was already at the fertility clinic, get it, do starting IVF the next morning. There was no time to process anything that was going on because I needed to start treatment very quickly. So they're like, if you want a chance at this, like you have to start IVF tomorrow and you have two weeks to do it because you're starting chemo in two weeks. So it went from find out I have breast cancer, the next day start IVF for two weeks, injecting myself with hormones. Two weeks later, I'd get the um, egg retrieval. So I have surgery, right, to get the egg retrieval. The very next day I have another surgery because I have to get my port placed for the chemo so that it's not going to go through my arms. And then the next day after that, it was my first chemo. It was like, that is un believable unbelievable and you're just reeling but you're listening i mean you're a doctor it sounds like you were just kind of like okay okay what do i need to do next what do i need to do next yeah i'm a very action type of person and i for me it was like i had no time to process i was like all right this is what we have to do we have to do and like going down kind of like a robot which in one sense is good but it hits you like a pile of bricks later so for me i was going through all the motions and doing my treatment and it was very complicated. I had a lot of complications. Of course, with me, nothing is ever simple. I was constantly in the emergency room, in the ICU. Like it was like nothing could like nothing could go right for me. I mean, I'm blessed to be here and like thank God everything is amazing. It's just the journey was really difficult and bizarre as well. Like all the things that were happening to me, my doctors were like, these are like those one-off things that never happen and they all happen to you. They're all, and so so young for so many people, their twenties are spent doing a lot of frivolous partying and thinking they have all the time in the world. We have all the time in the world. We're so young, like that kind of vibe. And you are dealing with this life-threatening traumatic event. I cannot even imagine. How do you think going through this experience so young changed you as a person? I feel like for me, I was never really present. I was always going because I was so goal and career oriented for me, everything was about like making it, whatever that means. So Being I was always just running. You, you, yeah. were, you were like, I'm going to be successful no matter what. That's a very like, common. No matter what. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And I was never really like living in the present of what was happening. I was like, all right, we accomplished this. We're done. We're moving on to the next one. I was never even acknowledging whatever I had accomplished. It was always just like running forward and I guess after this experience, and it's still, it's still a struggle, by the way, with balance. Even when I um, was going through chemo, I was still working in the beginning. And then when things got really bad, I stopped working. And I remember like thinking, and this is a crazy mentality that I had, and I've learned a lot from it. I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm losing time from my career. Mind you, I was like, didn't know if I was going to live. And that's how crazy that part of my brain was. And at one point, this realization I had, was like, if I can't, I can't take care of anybody as a patient if I'm not well. And I tell this to people and I tell this to students all the time because you can get so lost in the accomplishments and making it and being the best that you don't take care of yourself. And if you, there's no you, then there's no helping anyone else, you know? So there's a lot of that. I try really hard to be present now in what I'm doing 
and spending time with my family. Cause it's kind of like, you know, you're running around. I live in New York. It's so crazy. It's so busy. It's like, all right, I'll see my mom next week or I'll see my sister the week after. But when I was sick, all I wanted to do was be with my family and nothing else. Cause I didn't know how much time I was going to have with them. And you lose that when you're buzzing around, you lose that perspective. So I think it's like every moment really is that important. You don't know if you have tomorrow. And that's ultimately like the biggest thing that has changed me since that experience. And what are some things that you do now to take care of yourself? You mentioned you spend time with your friends and family. I see you working out. Is it workout? Is it eating clean? Is it sleep? Like what are a few things that you do to kind of fill yourself up and really take care of yourself? So around three years ago, like when I had just gotten out of the thick of it with the treatment, I was mentally not doing well. Like I said, like it hit me like a pile of bricks after the fact. So I started working with a life coach at that point who right now is one of my dearest friends who I love so much and truly would not be able to be as, to be who I am today without her. Cause I had to kind of like be, be, not become another person after, but that experience does change you. But the thing is that I was, I didn't know how to be new. I only knew what I knew before the experience and that wasn't working for me anymore. Right. Cause I never made time for myself. Right. And after going through that, you have to change. So working with my coach, things that I try to do on a daily is journaling, meditating, and making decisions that are smarter for my overall health. Because right now it's so important to me um, to keep my energy high and like the way that I need. And I always was that type of person who never wanted to let anybody down. I would always be there for everyone, whether it was a professional obligation, a social one, a friend, a family member. And like, it didn't matter what that cost to my health. I was always there. I never knew how to say no, ever. I would never let anyone down. And then slowly but surely, like starting to transition into, you know what, this doesn't work for me. Like I need to set this boundary and I need to say no. It came with a lot of pushback on a lot of people because they're not used to it. They're used to like, Bridget's going to do it. She always does it, you know? And now it's like an active thing that I need to think about. Do I want to say yes to this? Because is it going to be good for me or not? Like before I never put myself in the equation on decision-making at all. It was never about me. It was always about how it was for someone else. So just like that mindset alone, I still struggle with this all the time because I don't want to let anyone down. None of us do, but you're so far ahead. And in some ways, this experience, I mean, you have to be grateful for it in some ways, because I feel like some people don't learn all of these life lessons until women, especially until they're in their forties. And you, it's like, you have this superpower now, like, you know, what's important and you just, that's where you're operating from. It's really cool to see and to hear you speak about it. Yeah, I think that like, as horrible as this experience was, a lot of good did come out of it. I do think that I'm a different person now. And I think it was part of my purpose to live through that experience so that I can change. And I'm a better, I think I'm a better dentist after because of my, because of the way that I'm able to relate to people. I think I just see everything so differently now. And That's also partly why I think patients trust me um, 
just like about anything in life, like not so much, not even, uh, they trust me, of course, with their teeth, but I mean, just like in general. So I don't know. I just think like, I think back on it and I, it sounds crazy when I say it, because if I close my eyes, it's, it's scary and it's terrible, but like, I am still grateful. Who knows where my life would have been had that not happened. I have met so many amazing people on the way and I have helped. I've had the opportunity to help so many women. And I never thought that that would be part of my path. I always thought it was always going to be about dentistry. I never thought I would have this whole other arena to play in and help so many women. Like my, we laugh about like my traveling wig. It goes all over New York, like from people, they connect me to all these other women. And like, I, it's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. My wig is just travels through New York city. It's crazy. And it's like, it feels so good to me to be able to give it to them. Cause I feel like it has good vibes because if I'm able to make it, then you'll wear it and you're going to make it. It's, it's like, it's really crazy. I connected with this one girl during pandemic while we were home because people, they share my Instagram with girls who um, are recently diagnosed and I will, I will talk to everyone. And she starts DMing me. I was like, just call me. Like we have a lot to talk about. So she called me and we went through everything. And then I sent her my wig. We became friends. She became my patient. And now we gave that wig to the next person. And life just connects you in that way. Like the amount of people and amazing women that I've met through this experience is like something that I would have never, never thought. That's honestly one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That is so crazy. Unbelievable. And so Cool. It is fucking cool. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes, you can say whatever <laughs> you want. It is. It's so cool. Okay, so you recently had some exciting news where you're launching your own practice this summer. Yes. So I'm so excited. what? Tell us all about it. How did this come to be? What's your mission? Tell me all the things. Okay, so I am so excited. This has been a very long time coming. I have always wanted to own a dental practice. Like from the moment I graduated school, I was like, I'm not going to work anywhere. I'm just going to go and open my own business immediately. Cause that's just my mind. So my, my road got derailed a little bit when I got breast cancer. So I will backtrack and say that one of my biggest goals was that I wanted to own a practice by the time that I was 30. I decided this a really long time ago. And I don't know why or when I think like I talk about this with my life coach. She's like, why did you decide that? And I still don't know why. It was just something I decided for myself. Like when I started dental school, I was 21 and I was like, by 30, I'm going to have my own practice no matter what happens in life. So at 26, I get breast cancer. I get through all of that. Takes around a year. Um, at that point, I was already working in the city and like building up my patients And then I had an opportunity to work as a dentist in a practice on the Upper East Side where I was for three and a half years, which was a great experience for me. And it allowed me to kind of get through my treatment, see patients, cultivate my following, be able to help people, but also not be the business owner quite yet while I'm like getting my bearings on life and doing what I need to do. And then around about a year ago, I felt ready. And I was like, you know what? It's time to take it to the next level. And it takes a long time. It doesn't happen overnight. I'm also a very, very particular human being. So finding the perfect space took a long time. So finding the space, building it out. And a long time ago, I always said that when I opened up this practice, I wanted to do it by myself. I've, I was like, I need to do it by myself to accomplish the goal. And then through this journey, 
that changed me with breast cancer and like helping women and just my whole experience over the last few years, I decided that I actually didn't want to go at it alone. And I wanted to do it with a partner. I made it my life's mission to support women. And it, do, it, pro, it doesn't even feel aligned to do it alone because that's not what I'm doing anymore. And I had an opportunity to partner with an amazing doctor, Dr. Katz, who funny enough, five years ago was one of my mentors. Wow. And that's how we met. And I was taking a course of hers. Basically, she was teaching me in a full mouth reconstruction program at NYU. It's a year long course that you take as a, as a dentist. Like a, I took it while I was in residency and she was my teacher in the course. And that's when I found out I had breast cancer. And when I told her about it, the way that she spoke to me and how supportive she was, I was like, she's such an amazing human. And she was always offering me lessons on like how to balance career and personal life because she already has a family and two children. And that's like always something that I was struggling with. So through the years, we've always been close. Um, she's been like a mentor for me ever since. And about a year ago, I had decided I'm going to take this journey that I want to start and I want to do a startup. And she wanted to have a practice in the city too. So I was like, you know what? Let's do this together. And that's how we decided that we're going to be partners. And it's honestly been a really beautiful journey ever since. And I'm really, really happy that we're doing this together. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm so excited. I love that you decide that you had the lightning bolt moment of, no, I want to collaborate and I want to support yeah. other women. And then you also found the exact perfect partner. Yeah. I mean, she is an amazing doctor and female, but she, the most important thing is that she has the same values of me as me, as what we want for our office in terms of the patient experience and how we are going to treat them from the moment that they walk through the door to their treatment. We see eye to eye and are very aligned in that. We both like to, I mean, I, I'm always lecturing. She's the co-director of this program at NYU. Like it's part of our mission to empower other dentists and learn and teach and like do all of this together. So we're really excited to be able to have the same vision for what the patient experience is going to be, deliver an elevated experience. And like, most importantly, teach patients about their oral health care and give them the best that they can have. So yeah. Right. It's, it's more awesome. about just the practice. You have an entire mission and you share these. It's so much more than, it's so much more than opening a dental office. Like there's so much more meaning behind it. And even, even with our staff and like our team and our hygiene, our hygienists, our front desk, like everyone that's a part of it, because of what I've went through and I understand how important it is to balance work and life and like for you to be happy every single day, we want that for the team. I don't want anyone coming to work not excited every day to be there. And it's actually like, it's not, it's not so easy to just come up with how we're going to do that. You want, you know, you want your business to run well and you want, I want, we want everyone to be happy there and figuring out all the little things like communicating with our team and figuring out what it is that each person needs. Everyone needs something different to be happy. And ultimately like everyone needs to be aligned and happy to deliver that patient experience that we're looking for. So why are we going to Maison B? Like in a few sentences, why is it different? Why should we go if we're in New York City? Like what's so special about it? So what's special about the experience that we're going to give at Maison B is that you're going to have a very 
detailed experience with the doctor. It's not going to be a five minute, just like take a look at your teeth and go, not only are we going to get to know each other on a personal level so that you're comfortable, it's very focused on teaching you as a patient what it means to take care of your mouth and how it affects your entire body because it's not just teeth. It really, there are things that can happen in your GI system and your whole entire body. It's really a whole body approach and your entire health starts in your mouth, your digestion, everything starts in your mouth. People don't even really think about it big picture like that. We're not seeing 30 patients a day. This is not a factory. We are spending two hours with a new patient, not two seconds. We're going to be there for a really long time. When you leave, you're going to know so much about your oral health and how it affects your body like, like never before. So aside from the fact that cosmetic dentistry is something that we love to do and like we absolutely love doing smile makeovers, it's about teaching you about your oral health care, how we can improve, how we can work together as a doctor and patient to get you to your goals and making it fun and and easy for you. This sounds so incredible and also just so needed because I mean, we've had some healthcare professionals on this podcast and there is, there's an issue of, okay, we have to, we have 10 minutes because we have to see this many a day and it's really starting to become a problem. No, and people are turning towards places. So like I started going to Parsley Health, which I love virtual because it's the same thing. It's an hour. You get an hour. The appointment's an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is unheard of. You can There's actually... so much to talk about though. Like how can you do it in 10 minutes? You, you can't. just can't. You absolutely can't. And I really love what you said about the full body approach and about yeah. giving your patients the information, like arming them with the education to go out in the world and make better decisions. Well, it's... you can't make better decisions if you don't have the information. Exactly. And most people don't have the information. Yeah. I have to take a quick break to talk about just how much I love plant people. They make CBD products, but not just CBD products. These are CBD products formulated by actual doctors. So along with CBD, these mushrooms, gummies, lotions, and tinctures also have other ingredients that your body really, really needs for optimal health. Right now, I'm really obsessed with their relief drops, which are CBD drops you put under your tongue for 30 seconds in the morning, but there's also turmeric in these drops, which is a really great anti-inflammatory. So you can use these drops when you have cramps or a hangover, an injury, a migraine, you name it. I actually take them every day. I'm also absolutely in love with the Relief Cooling Advanced Recovery Body Cream. It is a body cream that feels a little cool on the skin and it gives you quick relief for any sort of achy muscles. Along with CBD, it has turmeric, again, for an anti-inflammatory, plus arnica and menthol. It's this perfect cooling and soothing formula of potent botanicals for immediate and long-lasting relief anywhere in your body. So... For 15% off your first plant people order, use code obsessed at checkout or just scroll on down and tap the plant people link in the show notes for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Pete's. Few things start your day better than a good coffee. That's why Pete's hand roast their coffee from a specific selection of high quality beans. And they don't just put those beans into anyone's hands. Pete's trains their roasters for 10,000 hours so they can master the roast that gives you the most. Pete's Coffee. Coffee for coffee people. Find Pete's online or at your local retailer. From 20th Century Studios and New Regency, the creator, only in theater September 29th. Like it or not, humankind 
will end. We should never have let AI out of the box. From the director of Rogue One. Did you locate the weapon? This can't be right. She's just a kid. My name is Alfie. You're my friend? She dies with the rest of them. I can't do that. The creator experienced the movie event only in theaters September 29th. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Get tickets now. Okay, so I need to ask you a fun question now, which is about your fashion sense. If you look through your Instagram, it's so fun to watch you in your outfits. I would describe it. It's very chic, but it's also bold. It's also whimsical. It's fun, colorful. So where are you getting your inspiration from? What designers are you loving? Tell me all the things. So it's really funny. And I was having this conversation the other day with a friend. When I go shopping, I actually don't shop for in the now. So when I go shopping, if I go to a store, if I see a piece of something that I love, I automatically envision it somewhere. Like and then I keep those clothes and they're in bins for different, for different times in life. And I like to dress for the occasion. So some of the things that I pull out will literally come from a bin from like five years ago. If I go, sh- like if I have a bin of clothes ready for when I go to an African safari, except that there are no plans for us to go to an African okay, safari. Okay, but like right where now. are these bins? Are they in your New York City apartment? Do you have a storage unit? What's happening? Yeah, it's it's actually hilarious. Luckily, I have a storage unit and our second bedroom has been turned my husband's office and my closet at the same time. <laughs> there are bins for like every possible occasion in life. Like if you need to go skiing tomorrow, I got you. I don't even ski, but you know, when we go to Aspen, whenever that will be, I'm ready. I will, oh, like, that's how I shop. I don't even shop for what's happening tomorrow. I shop for whatever I love, whatever's talking to me, and then I save it. And then the cool thing is when it's time for it to come out and play, it may be old. So nobody even knows what it is. Right. So that, like, I don't like to wear what every single person is wearing at the, at the moment. So it's actually fun for me. I just shop on like what's talking to me. And then I, and then I piece it together later. And okay, but do you know what you're doing? You're kind of manifesting moments in your life through shopping, which it's like, oh, I want to do this thing. So I'm going to get an outfit for it. And then the thing will arrive in a few years and I'll be ready. I started cultivating an Italy wardrobe two years ago. My husband and I have not been to Italy for many years. And hopefully we're going to go this summer and my wardrobe is ready. Good for you. I'm taking a note from this. I love but that. that. But most people don't shop like that. Like my no. friend always tells me that I'm actually crazy. Like, why don't you just shop for what you need? Um, but then when she needs something, she's so grateful that I have all these bins of things. So well, also but in New York City, things pop up. I just got invited to an event Monday night and it would be really nice if I had gone exactly. shopping a few months ago for a fun. You dress. can come to my closet. <laughs> yeah. I have so many things that you can you can come and play in here. And it's fun for me. Like I love doing photo shoots and fashion is I mean, I feel like if I wasn't in dentistry, then maybe I would do something in fashion. I absolutely love it. So for me, it's like a creative expression and it's, I just love it. I literally love when I do my shoots for Instagram, people are always like, why do you do it? Are you an influencer? Are you not? And I'm kind of like, honestly, I'm not in this to be an influencer. Really my Instagram is just to connect with my patients and meet people and breast cancer survivors. And this is just my fun time. Like I love to do this. And also express your creative side, which you really have. And I think is what makes you super cool and unique. Okay, but this brings me to my next question. Can you take us behind the scenes of your Instagram account? So who's shooting it? What's happening? Do you have a schedule? What are the content shoots? Yeah, so it's actually very difficult. 
it's not like we just put it on and went when I tell some of my friends like how much work goes into the shoot I totally know this is exactly why I'm asking yeah so what I like to do is I start planning I do a shoot maybe like once every four to six weeks and I have like this entire Excel spreadsheet put together Mm -hmm. so I start off with sounds that I like and things that are trending and kind of like how I can put my own spin on them. And for For me, this is like fun for TikTok or for Instagram. Like I'll see someone's video and I'm like, Oh my God, like, I love it. And if this way, if we did it like this for dentistry, it would be so fun. And I get all these ideas. So I start cultivating, I start writing down the ideas. Then I start picking music that I like and like how we can put it together. So I have this big sheet. It's like the sound, my idea, like what the content vision is from there. I decide what outfit I want to wear per each video. And then the photos that I'm going to be taking in that outfit as well. Like if, if it's, if I want to talk about oral health care and I want to talk about something with a toothbrush, like I'll make sure that I have all of my props for the day and everything is spelled out where it's like the scene, the sound, the outfit, the outfit change, the video shooting, the location, the photos, and everything is like very aligned. And then on the day of, I have, a videographer, a photographer, and a shoot day assistant that helps me with changing, putting all the outfits back together and making sure that we are on track. Like there is a clipboard. Of course. And I'm, this is why I asked this question. I'm really happy you laid this out because so many people don't understand what goes into it. They think you're just kind of like, Hey, best friend, when you take a quick pic of me crossing the street or there's, oh, casually just getting on my phone. Let me just take a second. I wish. It's not that way. So how did you find the people you're collaborating with, the photographer and the videographer? And are they the same crew each time? Yeah, I've been working with the same team for a while now. Um, the photo- My photographer, who I love, her name is Lisa. She is a patient of mine and we met in the dental chair. Oh, like- so fun many years ago and I love her she's so she's so creative and her work is phenomenal um with videos I've actually used a few a few uh different videographers that were recommended to me through other friends who also shoot content and I'm grateful that they extend their like employees and team to me and hopefully one day I'm gonna have my own my own crew on the payroll ready to go all the time you definitely will your own team one day yeah so, okay, one of your followers actually wrote into us and wanted to know what do you do on the days where you are feeling incredibly burnt out? And I know you have so many self-care practices that kind of keep you in check, but what do you do on that day, that bad day where you're just drained? Sometimes I cry a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you for saying that. Like we all do for God's yeah. sakes. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I would be lying if I didn't say that I had those days where I'm literally hold up like hysterical and everyone has that I mean there is so much going on in my life and there's so many um expectations and goals and then like fighting with my own self like who am I doing this for is it for me is it for someone else like trying to be centered and aligned and at the same time make everyone happy and prioritize my relationships and my family and my marriage and my patients like sometimes my brain like completely wants to blow up and I have those days where it is a bad day And I need to actively work on those days. I don't even want to meditate. I will sit there, put on my music and try and huff and puff. And it will take me a really long time because sometimes your body really just rejects it. And on those really burnt out days, sometimes I need to just 
cry it out and I feel better. Or like dance, that's a new thing that I've been doing. By the way, one thing we you may not know about me is that I used to be a professional dancer. Wait, stop, I love this. I went to school for musical theater and grew up dancing my whole life. So I love this. So do you still take class once in a while just for fun? I don't, and I, I wish I had the time to do it because I absolutely love to dance. I used to do ballroom dancing. Oh, you did ballroom dancing. That is yeah. one form of dance that I have never done. That is so cool. Yeah, that's what I grew up doing. And like, I we used to express myself through dance. And now like a new thing that I learned, which is when, um, depending on like how anxious you are and the type of anxiety that you have, sometimes it could be, it could be like a heightened anxiety where you're like really on for me. Sometimes I get in a really depressive type of anxiety, which my life coach would call being in the dorsal where like literally like just there's nothing, you know, completely done. Those are the nights you have to like have a piece of chocolate and wine and cry and just. Yeah. And I have that. I have that a lot. That's what I'm saying. There is a lot of, there is a lot of this in my life. And honestly, I don't think I do a good job at showing the down. And I think I need to start focusing on doing that some more because I think it gives people the wrong idea. And they think I'm always like uppity up and everything is always fabulous. And to be honest with you there, it's not. And I think that I do need to start showing more of when it isn't. And that, you know, there's a difficulty that comes with that because you don't want people to think that you're down, but this is what life is. And then you get questions like this and it's like, what do you do? I do what you do. And I cry. Yeah. Which, yeah, thanks for being honest about that. And it is, it's such a slippery slope with social media because sometimes I feel like, God, I'm feeling that way. I'm in a dark place, but I don't want to bring everyone else down if they're getting on Instagram for some fun. And, you know, it's a slippery slope. And I think everyone, it's tricky. I think everyone is figuring out. But yeah, we all have those days. Okay, can you take us through a day in your life? A day in my life today is actually very different with my, with the new practice opening up. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. So when I wake up in the morning, my morning must begin with one shot of espresso that must happen in bed. Get that. I won't get out without it. Mm-hmm. And it's the espresso shot and the, and the face roller together. So it's the face roller as I'm drinking the espresso shot. And I'm, this is how I must start my morning. And then it's followed by my ritual peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Interesting for breakfast. For breakfast. Yep. Got it. Okay. I absolutely love it. It makes me happy. I'm like a child that goes going to kindergarten and I eat my peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I don't care. It is what it is. This is what I love. And then if I, yeah, here we go with the, honestly, I'm going to send you the exact way that I make my peanut butter and jelly. And you're going to be like, I love it. It's so good. It's probably amazing. There was a time before we met on Instagram, where I actually haven't posted it on my morning routine in a while that I would post every day eating my peanut butter and jelly. And people would be hysterically laughing. And then they would start eating peanut butter and jelly. And they're like, I get it. It's like really fun. I mean, honestly, it's a classic combo. It's yeah, sounds good. And with coffee. And with coffee. So that's where we start. If I'm going to the office, then I'm like straight on to scrubs and I'm going into the office and I'm working very late for like 12 hours. But that's all kind of coming to a close as I'm opening my new practice. So I guess a normal day for me right now is like I wake up, I do my little morning routine, then I'm going to work out with my trainer. I have to work out with a trainer. I'm not one of those people who just wakes up and is like, I cannot wait to work out. I need to have it scheduled and I need to be pushed because otherwise I'm not going to make it. And that's just me. I love my trainer. He's amazing. So I go 
a workout. And then right now, what time, what time is your workout? Um, it's usually at around nine. Got it. Okay. And then after the workout, I'm going right across the street to my construction site and I'm checking out the office, seeing what's going on. And it's two blocks from my house, which is really, really nice. What a dream. It's a dream come true. Yeah. I'm really excited. So I'll go check on the office. Now I'm having so many meetings. I am meeting with people that I want to bring on to my staff and my team. So getting all those pieces in place, sitting and having many meetings with my partner about like all of our systems for our office, how we want our patient experience to go and just like trying to finish everything up so that we can get ready for the summer and we can start seeing patients um, doing all of that. If not, I'm treating patients, then I'm getting home. I'm either going to dinner with my husband. I'm going to see a friend. I'm going to an event doing, I'm just like constantly like running, constantly on the run. <laughs> You're definitely that personality type for yeah. sure. The head, headless chicken. Yeah. Running. <laughs> That's you. That's me. Yep. Okay. Before I let you go, I, we, I could talk to you all day. We just have a few rapid questions. So just answer Fast. the first thing that comes to your mind, whatever that is. Okay. Okay, the best thing that you're either reading or watching right now. I'm going to have horrible answers for you. The best thing that I'm watching right now is the Kardashians. The Hulu show. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sorry. I was not a Kardashian watcher on E, but the They're Hulu different show now. is They're really different. well done. It's really beautifully yeah. shot. It's there's without the commercials. I I had a cold last week. I definitely binged that. Um, okay, your yeah. current f- favorite nighttime moisturizer. Suzanne Kaufman. Ooh, okay. Your go, go-to cocktail. I don't really drink. You don't? Interesting. Okay, wait. So skip the rapid. Tell me about this. Yeah. I stopped drinking after everything that happened with the breast cancer just because yeah. they were like, you know, there is a component of alcohol that can um, increase your risk for breast cancer and breast cancer recurrence. So that's number one. Number two, I have realized that when I drink, I don't feel good. Even right. if I have one drink, right. I don't feel good and I don't feel good the next day. Mm-hmm. And right now at this point in my life, so many people, aside from the fact that I depend on myself, so many people depend on me and I need to be able to show up and I cannot have anything that I can actually control be against me. So like things that happen that are out of my control, there's nothing I could do, but the drinking is within my control. So it's like, I'm actively going to drink and then possibly put myself in a position where I'm not going to be able to operate at my best. So I just don't want to drink. I completely agree. And this is exactly why I try to keep it to a minimum too, because it just is, it's, you feel dehydrated, you feel tired. You know what I mean? And I think this is really cool for people to hear that you're just choosing not to, so that you can feel your best. Like, I promise you that I can have a really good time without drinking. I'm fun. You seem fun. I I, I don't need out it. With you. No, you really don't. Please come. You really don't. Okay. What is the best advice you've ever received? One of the best quotes that I think about all the time um, is people, people will treat you the way that you treat yourself. I absolutely love this piece of advice because it, you can really dissect this onto many levels. But it ultimately is like so many, so many things that you think about, like the way that you treat people, right? You treat them based on what's going on in your life. And like, you know, everyone's projecting their own things onto someone else. And 
I just think that this quote is really, really powerful. And I think about it very, very often, even like if I'm disappointed with someone and I think about this quote, why would somebody disappoint me? Why would somebody do this to me? And it's because of how hard I am on myself. People treat you the way that you treat yourself. So if you actively think about that every time that you're in some type of problematic position, you're kind of going to get the answer. It's so true. And it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's completely true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who is a woman who is currently inspiring you right now? I feel like I'm inspired by a lot of women and I have so many different avenues right now. Like as I'm embarking on becoming, you know, a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, um, I would say like my, one of the biggest inspirations for me is Melissa Wood. She's one of mine too. Yeah. I think she's phenomenal. I absolutely adore her. What a good one. Yeah. She's, the I, best. you know, when I like see, when I, when I see her or when I listen to whatever she's saying, a lot of times I feel like I can relate so much that like, it's, it's scary to me how on par I am with what's going on in my life to what she's talking about. I'm like, this is so bizarre, but I'm able to really connect and I am really inspired with how she lives her life with so much intention with the decisions that she makes. And it's, it's something that I'm trying to do to be a better wife, to be a better businesswoman, to be a better doctor, to be a better friend, daughter, sister, everything. And that's why like all these little decisions that I make right now are actually big because it, it takes a toll on my life and like my mental state. Of course. And I get so inspired by how she shares her past and how yeah. this was not always the case for her. You it's know? really she, powerful and it takes work. Exactly. It takes a lot of work and she's open about that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you are you. a dream. You are so inspiring. I could talk thank to you, you all day. I cannot wait to share this. Just thank you I'm so excited. much for spending thank an hour. You. Honestly, this hour flew by really quickly. This was so much fun and it was I, I really had the best time. I feel like we're the best of friends. You can come over and shop in my bins anytime you want. Um, and yeah, I, I loved it. Thank you for having me. I feel so special. You are so welcome. I want to see the bins. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Hosted on dimlywit.com.